Your goal is to create happy customers who then create other happy customers. Go! Congratulations! Here's what I've learned. The best of the best have got the following. selling, going, going. God, so congratulations. Let's have a look at the facts. Watch your goal for the next six months. But guys and girls, Happy New Year. Here we are on this beautiful evening on New Year's Day, the 1st of January 2018. And I really, you know, want you to understand and think about that um, you've got an incredible opportunity to make this your best year ever. And there are 10 concepts I'm going to share with you that I think that you, these are 10 commandments. These are 10 promises. These are 10 agreements that you need to live by over the next 12 months. And I'm going to tell you, you're going to turn around and you're going to say, because I made these habit changes in my life, they had a profound impact. Hello, Peter. Um, Federico Fragamantos had a great day in Palm Beach today, he told me. So, gang, let's go. Let's get the show on the road. And the first principle, the first commandment I want to talk to you is um, accept people do what they'll always do. Hear what I said. Accept people do what they'll always do. Accept people will do what they'll always do. What I'm saying there is, just start accepting that people generally do not change. Your mother will keep giving you food when you say, I don't want any more. Hi, Tanja. How are you going? And look out for Tanja. She's doing a seminar uh, for leadership with Kylie Davies in February. Look out for that um, on data that they had found out on what leaders are doing. So it appeals to all principles. But let me continue on saying that. I went over and visited my mum about an hour ago. And I said to her seven times, I don't want any fucking food. I didn't use the word fucking, but seven times I said, I don't want anything. And then I realized, hey, it wasn't today that I told her seven times I didn't want any food. This is, in fact, something I've told her for years, years and years and years. Do you want some mangoes? No. Would you like some cake? No. Do you want me to bring you over an apple? No. Would you like some drink? No. Seven fucking times in an hour. And yet, for years and years, she knows the answer's going to be no. The point I'm making is that people will keep doing the same thing. Your kids will keep doing things you don't want them to do, and even though you've told them. Your colleagues at work will keep doing the same thing even though it gives you the shits. Your boss will keep doing things that annoy you. You'll also be doing things that you know you shouldn't do. Like you'll go to a seminar, you'll go to a conference and you'll get out of a habit and then you'll go back to it. So, hi Sanjay in the UK. Yes, your mum sounds like my mum and that's what mums are like. You know, they don't listen. So, why am I saying to you, accept people will do what they'll always do? Because it's going to save you from disappointment in life. Because when you accept that, what will happen is you won't get upset. You won't get angry. You won't get stressed. You'll just know 
That's the deal. That's the deal. And I'm going to tell you that you know how hard it is for you to change yourself. What are the chances? What are the chances of you changing someone else? Think about that. You know how hard it is for you to change yourself. What are the chances of changing someone else? So that's number one. Number two, I want to move on and tell you that this is a second commandment I want you to live by in 2018. And that is, I want you to mind your own business. And what I mean by that, mind your own business, what I'm saying there is Byron Katie, that great spiritual teacher, talks about the fact that there are three types of businesses. The first business is God's business. And God's business is about the business of earthquakes, the business of natural disasters, the business of floods. They are out of your hands, right? They're God's business. The second business is what we call is your business. And your business is what you can do and your responses to what life brings you. And the third business is other people's business. And what you've got to do is not worry about other people's business, not worry about their reaction, not worry about um, becoming their rescuer. Like, as I was saying to Susan, you know, even as a coach, your business is not other people's business. You're not there to become and rescue them. You're there to help them become self-reliant, self-dependent. But your job is not to save other people. In fact, the best way to save the world is to save yourself. So guys and girls, as Jay says, focus on your own shit and worry about what you've got control of and what you can actually do. And leave God's business to him or her. Leave other people's business to them. And what you should do, as Tanja says, is help people become self-reliant. And if you actually ask me, what do I do in life? And that is teach people self-reliance. No one's going to save you. You have to save yourself. Thank you, Marie Manus, and Happy New Year to you and your family as well as John and your son and your, your other children. Number three, number three. Build your future on the strengths of your past. Hear what I said. Build your future on the strengths of your past. And what I'm saying there is nothing you've done in your life so far has been a waste of time. Nothing that has happened in your life has been a waste of time. It is, in fact, been something that serves a purpose. So what do I mean when I say that build your future on the strengths of your past, what I'm saying is if you're a real estate agent out there and you're new in the business, do you realize that you've got a network of 100 people, of people that you went to school with, uni with, that you know their family, their relatives, they lived in your area, their own local businesses. These are people that already have trust with you. So what I'm saying is there's a strength that you've got that can help your future. What I'm going to say to you is everything that I've happened in my whole life has been me using the past to build my future. Give me an example. When I got into publishing, I was really good at getting vendor paid advertising as a real estate agent. So what I did is I used that skill of getting VPA. And then what I did is I went out and taught agents how to get VPA, who then took ads in our newspapers. 
So that was a strength from the past that helped me build my business in the future. Then when I moved on and built my training business, what did I do? All these people I met through the world of publishing, 10 years of publishing all over Australia. They had relationships with me. I built their database. I built a relationship. So what did I do? I went back and I started working with these people. The point is I was building and building on the strengths of the past to help me have a better life. So what I'd like you to do is to keep thinking to yourself, who are the people and what are the resources and what are the skills that you've picked up from the past that can help you in the future? I want to move on to number four. And number four is I want you to understand that what I'd love you to do is to understand the difference between intention and impact. They are not the same. Your intention and impact are not the same. And what I mean by that is for me, I'm really hard because I'm a straight shooter. I tell people what they need to hear, not what they like to hear. And the issue that I have is that sometimes because I'm so direct and I'm front, people find that difficult to accept. And what happens is they get turned off it or they get offended or sometimes they fucking get scared. But what they don't see is my intention. And my intention is that I care about that person. And the reason I'm saying that to the person is I give a fuck about them. But I've learnt that when I'm coaching one-on-one -on -one with a person, what I've got to do is I've got to actually peel the onion. And what I've got to do is understand that I've got to tell them the story that they weigh, they need to hear the story. And the reason is that if I offend them, what happens is they feel the impact, but they don't get my intention. And what I'm saying there is that you must understand that your intentions may be right, but your effects and the words you use may be wrong to the person that they hear. How does this help? It's really simple because it works in reverse. You see, when someone says something to you that offends you, when you're the recipient, what happens is you think to yourself, hey, what are they really saying here? They're not having a go at me. It's that they're frustrated about a system. They're frustrated about something in the business. They're frustrated about in a situation. And so Susan, who's holding the Insta camera here, she knows, like, she knows that, you know, because we work so closely together, she has learned now the difference between my intentions and my impact. She knows that I'll get frustrated about something. But what she does is she's got the emotional intelligence to know this bugs Tom, not because of me, but this bugs Tom because Tom's frustrated at, it could be the customer experience. It could be that... Um, we're not getting something right in the delivery of our program or we're not engaging enough people or we're not winning enough people. So I just want you all to understand the difference between impact and intention. Number five. Now, I know that it's coming a little bit dark here on Facebook because the light's going down here. So, um, you know, I don't know, maybe if I press this there. Hey, guys, can I ask you, is that better, that lighting better? Can you just give me a thumbs up? 
No, no, it's all good. It's all good. I actually think the lighting has just come a lot better there. Yes, they're giving me the thumbs up. I should have had that fucking light on before. Anyway, let's move on. Guys and girls, I want to talk to you about number five. And number five is this. I want you to understand the concept of focus on the base of the tree. Focus on the base of the tree. And the base of the tree, the base of the tree is about... It's, it's actually a term that comes from that great Buddhist monk called... Guys, how's the lighting, by the way? Is it acceptable? Can I ask you, is the lighting acceptable? Can I just say yes or no? That's all right, Susan. You don't have to touch it. Yep, we got a, we got a thumbs up. Yep, okay, it's acceptable. So, gang, it is getting dark out here. Um, but I'll just keep flying through. I reckon I'm, I'm going to be finished in around 10 minutes. But I want you to understand this term on focus on the base of the tree. And that great Buddhist monk, Thich Nhat Hanh, he's a fantastic guy to listen to. And he talks about the importance that when you're going through um, something really um, stressful, right, what you should do is not look at the branches and the leaves that might be flying everywhere. What you've got to be doing is looking at is the base of the tree and looking at the whole tree. Because the whole tree, you actually see something that's more stable. But when you only look at the leaves of the tree, and when there's turbulent times, and what's happening is that the trees are moving and the trees are shaking, what actually happens is that you begin to live turbulence. But when you step back and you don't have a myopic view and you look at a holistic, you look at the tree from the base of the tree, from the roots, you see that the foundations are strong. And this is important because I think what it helps you to understand is that when you've got a problem, let's call it a bad diagnosis, what happens is it's really easy to just to focus on everything that could go wrong. Hey, I'm going to be sick. Uh, I'm not going to be able to work. I'm not going to have money. My fi family's going to starve. Because as human beings, we are taught to protect ourselves. And the way we do it is that we narrow in our focus. But in fact, this can also be very problematic. Because what it does is it forces you to only look at a small subsection of the issue, which is just the tree blowing. When you look at the whole tree, you see the other strengths that you've got. And that is, hey... Um, I've got friends, I've got family, I've got the best doctors looking after me, I've got uh, enough information that says to me that modern science is going to help me get through this. Um, I, in fact, have got savings in the bank. Whatever your strengths are, I'm just talking. And by the way, all I'm doing is giving you an example. The point I'm making is never be so myopic to think to yourself that there is only no way out in this situation. By the way, if you're liking what I'm saying and if the words are wise, press that share button now and tag someone on Insta. Tag a friend. It could be the best gift you've given them this year. It's probably the fucking only gift you've given them this year. Number six, I want you to understand that happiness, happiness is in fact not going to happen by chance. It's going to happen by choice. And what you need to do is you need to reach out for happiness. It won't happen as a default. And what you need to do is you have to understand that the normal defaults which on the planet, the normal defaults which on the planet is in fact negative. 
the media, the media will only tell you about the one set of planes that did not get on time. The media will actually tell you about the company that had a strike. They won't tell you about the 73 million companies that actually went to work. And what I'm going to say to you is this. There's a plane flying over the top there. Do you want to show people on Insta, Susan? Emirates. By the way, when I'm flying, I fly Qantas with everything except for any flight that is more than six, seven, eight hours. I fly with Emirates because um, I can actually, their beds go totally flat, whereas Qantas's don't. But when I'm flying in Australia, I always fly with Qantas. And I have not received a single cent for saying that. Um, so happiness. So I'm just going to give you four or five questions that I reckon are really good happiness builders. The first one is when you're in a shit situation, ask yourself this question. What can I appreciate right now? The second question I'd like you to ask is what could be the upside? What could be the upside? The third one could be how might this turn out well? The fourth one is how can I help this become better? And what I'm saying is the power of your questions create the power of your focus. And that is something you've got control of. And as Dr. Martin Seligman, who is the father of positive psychology, says that optimism is learned. And it is a great book, Learned Optimism. Number seven, we're on the home stretch, and that is, I'd like you all in 2018 to take your day back. Take your day back. And what I mean by that is don't let someone else's emails first thing in the morning become your to-do list. And I'd like you to create a new ritual. And when you wake up in the morning, don't look at your emails because People's emails become your action list, which basically means that you will actually be doing someone else's to-do list. What I'd like you to do is live by design, not live by accident. Create your own to-do list first. Then move on to a time where you answer your emails. All I'm saying is live with your intention this year. Don't keep living by accident and just doing the things that are there. So gang, as Michelle Kerr says, the four-hour work week has some great advice in reclaiming your life. And by the way, can I just say to you, the goal I have every day, hey Greg, how you going from Star Auburn? Can I just say to you, for me, I've learnt... It's not about getting through the day. It's about getting things out of the day. I'll say that again. It's not about getting through the day. It's about getting things out of the day. Number eight, end the story. I'd like you to end the story. I'd like you to understand that we as human beings have been brought up to take new information in the form of assumptions, in the form of conclusions, in the form of a story. And in fact, there's an upside. Susan, do you know that there's an upside to it? Because the upside says that we're not constantly stressing out having to digest all this new information all the time. And in fact, can I say to you that the filter, the filter that we give is like we give everything we get, we've got a filter to it. And that helps us. 
Can I actually tell you that there's medical research and theorists say that autism is in fact caused by a faulty filter. So we know that filters serve a purpose. They also have a downside. And a filter, what a filter does is it forces us to actually taint the message by the glasses that we're wearing that we see the message in. And I'll give you an example. There was a real estate agent that I was dealing with last year, coaching with, and he kept saying to me he was losing listings because other agents were going in and cutting the commission and overpricing them. And it was the only reason he was losing these listings. And the reason that he had that is he had a story that this is what's causing the problem. Now, all I did with this guy was got him to get a list and a, a, of, of a competitor's presentation. And I won't tell you how he did it, but he did it. Actually, why won't I tell you how he did it? It was really simple. Another agent went and did a listing presentation on someone that he knew, and that person gave him the brain dump. That's exactly what happened. And he then listened to what the competitor was saying. And he found out it wasn't commission and it wasn't price. What this other agent was going in there and saying is, hey, I've got a list of 27 people that are probably going to buy your house. I don't want you to go off and do extra marketing. And I don't want you to go off and do this high profile sale in the first instance when we might sell it to one of them. So let's just do an early quick sale profile. And he was signing them up and saying to people, don't spend any money, and if it's not sold within three days, we can come back and talk about a campaign. And this was very seductive to the vendor. And he was signing up all these listings using this phase one approach, which many of you that are watching this are real estate agents, can understand what I'm talking about. And then as soon as he learned this, he found a way to counter this. And then he won seven listings in a row. So gang, what I'm saying is this get rid of the filter. The filter, in fact, might be your problem because change your story and you change your life. By the way, share that video, tag someone. We've got two more to go and we're done and we're finished. Number nine, all you need is step one. Listen to me very carefully. All you need is step one. You don't need the 20th step. And a lot of people that procrastinate, the reason that they procrastinate is that they think that they've got to have all 20 steps worked out before they start a project. So what they do is they look at this project and what actually happens, how are you going? And they look at this project and what they do is that they sit there and they agonize and they procrastinate and they procrastinate. And the reason why is that they think to themselves, I can't start till I work this whole thing out. It's not like that. Trust me. The first step is all you need because the first step's like a domino. It creates a second step and then a second step. And as Michelle Kerr says that 80% of winning is beginning. You only need that first step. And the reason I say it is even me, when I remember Susan, when we set up this membership website, I'd be sitting there and I kept putting on a list start a website, start a website. And I'd look at it every day and I kept thinking to myself, oh, I'm going to need to have this. I'm going to need a graphic designer. I'm going to need to get all this camera equipment. No, in fact, it changes as you go along. You start using a little video blogger. You then get a mic that you hook onto you. The next thing you know is you got a tripod. The next thing you know, so what actually happens is each week you're doing something better. 
then yes, you have a, a, a digital partner, but all of that didn't happen at the start. What I'm saying is just fucking start because once you get going, it's like a domino effect. Number 10, guys and girls, this is my last thing I'm going to say to you. And by the, Susan, can you do me a favor? Because what I'd love you to do is we've got that workbook. We created a workbook and Susan did most of that work. She got all this content, which is how to have your best year ever. So she's created a blueprint. And she's put it in the real estate gym. And I've had all these people that are not real estate gym members that want to actually do the workbook. Susan, open up the gym for 24 hours. Anyone that wants to join the real estate gym for the next 12 months, go up. It'll be, by the time this video is finished, if you go to realestategym.com.au, join up. It'll be $567 a year, which works out to being two to three coffees a week and you will have your best year workbook plus the 12 months membership as me as your coach. Guys and girls, so we, and, and Susan, open it up and then we close it tomorrow. Close it Tuesday morning. Give people till Tuesday. Oh, sorry, today's Monday. Give them till Wednesday. The last one, listen to me very carefully. Number 10, if you do something, something will happen. If you do nothing, nothing will happen. I'll say it again. If you do something, something will happen. If you do nothing, nothing will happen. And on that point, do fucking something. Just get started. Guys and girls, may you have your best year ever. For those of you in the real estate gym, what I'm going to be doing, mate, is I'm going to be sitting back and you are going to be getting more content than ever because I have freed myself of my executive responsibilities at News Corp and I am going full out. I want to develop more million dollar agents in 2018 than ever before. Guys and girls, may you have your best year ever. Let's fucking smash it. Thank you so much. God bless. Thanks for tuning in, guys and girls. You can join me on Facebook for the live Sunday night rant every week at 8.30 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. And if you're in real estate, just Google Tom Panos and you'll find a heap of resources and interviews where million-dollar agents share their strategies. See you next week. Let's have a look at the facts. What's your goal for the next